Welcome to this week's episode of the Far Aim Podcast. This week we are in person. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the ground crew members who help uh, fund this operation for us to move. So we're actually talking to each other in the same room right now. Uh, we want to move to more and more of this in the new year, the 2023, because this is far, far superior to uh, the glorified Zoom call that we usually do this on. Um, we're going to start knocking out, uh, for lack of being able to get a guest here, Lee's list that never ends. Because, um, yeah, I hate having open series when we, uh, yeah. Roll over a new year. Yeah. Again? This is, still? Yeah, we're still still doing it. So we're going to try to knock out as much of the list as we can. I don't think we're going to knock it out tonight, but no, we're going to... No. No. We're going to... Do some damage on it. Well, this will make you feel better. This is uh, 54 out of 72. Okay. So we're, we're closing in on it. 72. We're rolling right along. How many of those 72 are actually relevant today, though? We don't know. Very little. I'm not, like, reading ahead. Yeah, we like, get... Remember, we have to have this conversation every time. Like, what did we cover last time? Where where do we leave off? Yeah. I just totally threw it in your court. Well... We're just know. trusting you pick up at the right spot. And maybe we skipped a few. I don't know. Um... No one would ever know. Nobody would know. Other than you said 72, someone could theoretically go count them. Uh, don't do That'd that. would be a lot of work, though. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that, Tyler. That'd be a lot of work for... Yeah, Tyler. It'd be a lot of work <laughs> yeah. for us to go, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only give them numbers now. So 54 to 72. So we got to be honest from here till then. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there's some that are not relevant anymore, but I didn't prove yeah. it so what's the first one? First one is altimeter transponder check. So this is my list of just a catch-all. Somebody's getting ready to go for a check ride like tomorrow morning. What may I have missed throughout the course of things? Or what got was like a soft touch more than like an in-depth lesson, preventative maintenance, all these things. So these couple items are both kind of under that preventative maintenance um, banner. Um, this one here. 91411, 411, 91411. Oh, that's and, awesome. Because we're the Far End Podcast. We need to throw some regs in once in a while. Yeah. That's good. good yeah. yeah. So um, that is where the altimeter transponder check is buried. Normally, we think of it like it's just talked about, but where is it? Because if you go look at preventative maintenance in Part 43, it's not there. Where does it come from? Because we know it's kind of a limitation. And I'm actually dealing with the airplane I fly. Um, when we're going up to Peely, that's adding that, that's getting altimeter transponder check right now. And the Cherokee six. It, it's just what, Cherokee what Cherokee is an altimeter transponder check? So basically, what they do is and, they hook up a bunch of equipment to it. But like, why? Okay, why? So I get mine done on the dot every two years. But see, he even knew when it was. <laughs> So he can't be. Well, Everybody he, is my witness. He's he knows an, when it is due. He's an aircraft owner. Yeah, yeah. I feel like owning aircraft does just sear these into your memory yeah. versus yeah. if you're not an right. aircraft owner. Oh yeah, perhaps. Cause, yeah, because yeah, you're paying yeah. the bill. It's differently yeah. like or, you, or you, you're not just not doing it. Yeah, but you, I don't know anybody. You study. You study for the the check like for the check ride when uh-huh. stuff is due and stuff. You know, you'll remember it for the check ride. You're paying the bill every other year. That is more ingrained in your memory of, of how often one. that this, is. This yeah. goes, this goes this back one. to why I asked Lakefront Tower if the feds are there. 
Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They'd have to dig so deep though to find this. Right. This and a, I don't this fly around. Yet. I don't fly around with my logbooks anyway. So. Nor should you. Right? Yeah. They they yeah. have to dig so deep right. to listen to, to the foreign podcast. Right. To figure out the, <laughs> which I always get mine when it's due anyway. So. Before it's due. Before it's due. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's due. How often? Is every it two years. Every two years. Every two years. Twenty-four calendar months. Everything with the FAA is 24 calendar months. So you have till the end of the month to get it done. If you have it done on September 1st, it's due by se- September 31st. Yeah, Man, so it's you almost, have yeah. It's, it's like, almost it's like, like an annual. You could yeah. use a term biannual for a something bi- it's like, like that. Oh, it's, it's like a biannual. It's like yeah. a biannual type thing. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's why they had to get rid of biennial because that's every um, two years or every Every, Annual is every, every other year. 12 months. Yeah. This is every 12 calendar months. All right. So you have till so the end of the month. End of the month. That's why they had to change it. Gosh. So back while we were all learning, which is why you should have learned it that way. Funny story. I actually talked to somebody who does them for a living. What's that? Well, they do radio work, but they do altimeter transponder yeah, yeah, checks yeah. for a living. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I got to get over there so you can do a altimeter transponder check on this. And uh-huh. he said, why? Said, I don't know. It's because I haven't had it done in a while. And he said, Why bother? He said, The ATC will tell you if your transponder is not working. <laughs> Classy. That's one way to look at it. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you what I was told. It's required to be done every yeah. 24 calendar months if you're yeah. flying controlled airspace. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear the ATC says, uh, what else did yet? Well, I'm at six thousand five hundred. Well, your transponder says you're eight thousand five hundred. Yeah. That's well, I, I get I get mine done. I got it done. But I'm just saying that's what I was told. So here's the thing: if it is not reading correctly, they'll tell you eventually to stop altitude squawk, which means you just go to mode A, which means they may take you way out of your way to keep you away from traffic. Yeah. I don't want that. I want as yeah. straight a line as possible. As close to what I flight planned or filed or whatever the case may be, that's what I want. I don't want to deviate 20 miles out of my way because my transponder doesn't work. Doesn't ADSB out kind of make it redundant? Like it does. Yeah. It does. So I don't know how those two things mesh. Right. Why do you still need mode C if you have ADSB out? Well, if you have ADSB 1090. ES, which stands for extended squitter, there may be some provisions and extended things like squitter. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's what it stands for. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> Just throw an R in there. But anyways, um, it that's what it stands for, and that's so that's what's needed to go internationally. So so like the what is it UAVonics or whatever it is. Yeah, like the kind of the cheapest solution right. known to man for yeah. this for the mandate. The ADSB man. Yeah, it was like eighteen hundred bucks, but then the FAA or the whatever sent me five hundred bucks for because I got it done before twenty twenty or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be the most the easiest way for compliance, and that would not be legal to go international. So yeah, like, see, that's bullshit. I didn't know that. Yeah, ICAO. Yeah, they they need that ten. Not that I'm ever gonna go international, but I would have liked to be able to go to Peely. Maybe to Peely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. So I can't now. What if I want, is there any like cheap fix to that? Or no? You can probably just call ATC. So like, let's say you have a cub. Yeah. 
where there's no electrical system. So obviously you're exempt from the mode C, you're exempt from the uh, ADSB stuff. Call ahead, they need at least an hour's notice. Now they can tell you no, but you have to tell them what time you propose that you're going to be crossing the border, where location, all that stuff. And that's what I have to do in the so, cub. So if I was going to fly the cub or something on an electrical system across the border, that's what I'd have to do. Yeah. So but you, they will let you if you they get may. permission. They may. Yeah. Probably will. Yeah. They probably so will. So I would have to do the same thing. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like I can't, but it just makes it harder. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the thing is like for that, that's such an isolated, it's a VFR th- operation. It's a the box. Put the box on it's in the frame. It's bothering me. Oh geez. Okay. I didn't know what you were talking about. I was like, yeah, I thought there was like a <laughs> like a box over there or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah he's know. pointing at it. So like, <laughs> like there was something walking around over there. Um, you can, yeah. I think, yeah, it just be in inconvenience. But I think the bigger thing is they don't want that. That's such a small portion of time and such an isolated thing that you're doing VFR and good yeah. weather. Yeah. Not a big deal. If you're gonna go fly a Baron in hard IFR for five hours, I do stretch, have a Baron now. <laughs> it's looking good. Yeah. I got to push that on pilot ground. I took a video of it yeah, the baron. other day. I'm a proud Baron owner. Yeah. So. The offer, you off. should go sign up for like whatever the <laughs> Beechcraft the Owners yeah. Association. Oh my God. <laughs> Let that be your profile picture of a Baron in pieces. I, we, we can use, we can use pilot ground LLC money for that membership. <laughs> if you screenshot all the stuff you're sending to them with photos. And post it on pilot ground. Can I put this back together? Can anybody help me put this back together? Yeah. <laughs> I cut the, the rear bulkhead off of the sawzall. <laughs> Can anybody tell me the best tape to put this back together with? Yeah, yeah. You think JB Weld will work? Does, does anybody on here weld aluminum? <laughs> Should I use duck or what's the other one? Gator tape? Not gator tape. Yeah, there's gator tape. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's gator tape, gorilla glue, gorilla tape. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I love gorilla tape, man. It's good. That's what I use on my snowmobile. Absolutely. Use it on your plane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. No substitute. Write it in the logbook if you're going to go take your CFI check ride. Exactly. Make a logbook entry. Yep. My my, uh, oil check door, the latches were broken. I used to just tape it down. I didn't, there was, this was probably before gorilla tape was around. I mean- the what I would do in that case, I would do uh Velcro adhesive. I, I would do Velcro, so it's you, completely reusable. You could, yeah. That industrial Velcro, yeah. I forget what's but, called. 3M makes this plastic Velcro where it's not the normal hick, yeah, hook like, and it loop. Like snaps yeah. it like it like oh, it's like yeah. plastic yeah, things coming out with these nubs. mushroom heads yeah. on it, and the yeah. mushroom heads lock in. Yeah. The mushroom, the mushroom heads, heads lock in. Lock in. <laughs> yeah. Uh. It's like that new rom com they have out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, what's it? What's it called? No, we can move on from no, that. On. What were you saying, Lee? Well, I'm. Just, so Carl said, "I just tried this Cub scenario into HFD. I don't know what HFD is. Um, uh, it's probably an airport. Probably is. Begins with a K." <laughs> Indeed, Hartford. I don't know what that is. I know, HFD. I Hartford. know Bradley. You know Bradley uh, up there, Hartford, Connecticut. But I don't know HFD. But on ATC on the plane uh, or on the phone, does not want to try to accommodate this this trip. 
That's unfortunate. Huh. Yeah. All right. That was just interesting to me because that's what we were talking about with the Cub going international. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I don't know why you're looking. Why are you looking at me weird? No. Yeah. Carl said I just tried to get this Cub scenario into KHFD last week, and ATC on the phone did not want to try to accommodate a quick pit stop. They wouldn't allow unless I was getting maintenance done there. That way, on the actual recording, people know what, what we stopped and are talking about. Yeah, thank you. I, well, to, I tried to somewhat read. Yeah. But All right. I just tell them something's broken. Stop. I don't know exactly what the scenario is. I know that I'm I said it wasn't for sure, Carl. Just I mean, it maybe I didn't make that clear. I know that it's not for sure. Workload permitting, do they want to play ball? Whatever. But that would be the process if that's what you wanted to do. Obviously, FAA mandated it, so you should have ADSB. But if I'm in a cub that doesn't have air electronics and no capability for Motsi, ADSB, any of that stuff. That would be the process. Same as if you're coming into a controlled field like Lakefront. If we wanted to go in there in a cub, you can do that. You got to call and let them know that you're coming in, your proposed estimated time of arrival, all those things kind of build this little flight plan. Flight planning. Flight planning. You'd have to figure out when you you're going to be there. It would be, be accurate. I'm going to get like a another phone or something or a tablet and have that flight tracker. You ever watch that flight tracker? It's like uh, flight tracker live or whatever. Okay. I use that when I'm listening to ATC because okay. if, if I hear somebody make a call and they tell them what to do and it's like, wait a minute, I'll just pull up Flight Tracker and I can see exactly where they're at and then exact, I can watch exactly what they do. It's pretty okay. sweet. How much time are you putting into this? I mean, I appreciate... Not a lot because like, it's lakefront, so how much communications are you really get? Pick a different airport. You then. said you went yeah, three hours before you heard something one time. Why do you know all this yeah. and I don't I, know? I, talked we, to, yeah, I stopped, stopped by to make sure he was going to show up today. I okay. stopped by his office. Yeah, I had to blow off work this night, tonight to, just to get here on time. I had to wow. blow off my kids to be here. Yeah. That's, so that's we all made Scott, Scott looks at work as more important. <laughs> Might. <laughs> Oh, my my kid doesn't really like us anymore. She well, when I have room, so. well, when I have a kid that old, I'll be I'm sure I'll be in the same boat, and then things <laughs> yeah, will be magical. Yeah, wait till she's fourteen and she hates you. <laughs> like you're the worst person that ever lived. Well, until we'll she needs something. Until she until she needs, needs money. Yeah, money or a ride, then you're great. Well, the ride thing will stop in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. fourteen. Right. Now. Very narrow yeah. window. Yeah, I got I two think. two years left of that. Then it'll, right. just, then it'll just be money. Yeah. All right. Parenting with Scott Boris. Yeah. Yeah. She write a book. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very short. More like a leaf. <laughs> yeah. More like yeah. a leaflet or a note yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing is, is when she's in a bad mood, just don't talk to her. <laughs> Which is most of the time. All right. Flying. Yeah. Back to flying. Where were we? Um. Yeah. So crossing the border, that should work. You don't really, if, again, if you stretch the scenario into like the absolute, absolute extreme, you don't have a choice. If you want to take, why can't you take a non-electrical equipped airplane across the border? You totally can. You just have to get that prior arrangement with yeah. ATC. So so if you have. Let's say, because with any situation, it's always pilot in command is, you know, if it's safety reason, you are the one in charge, right? No matter what. Once you're in flight, so what's going on? So I'm in flight, headed to North Bass. Mm-hmm. Big ass storm pops up. Right maybe nobody Bass. else sees, but I see it. You see it, okay. So I got to divert to Peely. Okay. Good to go. How does that work internationally? This is actually an interesting scenario here, Mr. Boris. 
Yeah. There's, you know, that, that's not a, it's that one, that's not going to work. Why? Your only alternate is Peely Island. Yeah, it's it's coming right out of the south. The south it, front it, coming it through, covered, covered all pushing the you up the can- yeah, Canada. Push, push me right into Canada. If that's absolutely true, and you can't turn around and divert to the United well, States, well, it's my truth. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all that matters. That is a new way to look at it these days. Yeah. yeah, your truth is well, yeah. more they important than like, the truth in today's like, society. See any storm is like, well, I did, and that's my truth. I believe that's there's my a storm truth. there. Yeah. yeah, I believe Justin I believe Trudeau that. would approve of yeah, this thought would, process yeah. up yeah. up in Canada. Like Justin. This is my truth. Yeah. Have that? you heard of emergency <laughs> affirming care? Right. Yeah. Yep. This is this, this, this is, may this work. Is, this is alternate affirming care. Alternate airport affirming care. Yes. That's yes. That's, we Trans- are tra- you're a trailblazer. Transition, transition airport care. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> He's a pioneer. <laughs> this man should be celebrated. This is Carl just said Mr. Boris is a, a GDFA pilot disaster treasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who um, controls Canada's airspace? Is it the FAA or they got their own people up there? I'm pretty sure it's Justin Trudeau personally does it <laughs> off his MacBook Pro. <laughs> MacBook Pro. It's Pro. Yeah, it's got to be Pro. Yeah, That's, yeah. That's right. Um, Mr. Castro himself. <laughs> anyway. Yes, they have Transport Canada. That is kind of like their uh, oh, okay. or ministry yeah. of so transport. They charge, you even, they charge you even for the digital sectionals up there. I was looking it up. Really? Like a year or so ago. So yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, like their instrument approach plates like to go to Peely. Not that I would ever, in the airplane I'm flying up there now, I would never go even attempt one, but... You get a pretty well equipped, uh, like a Cirrus, for example, and just to get the plates to go shoot and approach at Peely if the weather is really crappy. I mean, there it's not that readily available. You got to go through some hoops to get them, pay some money. It's not like going to Sporties and get. Yeah, it was absolutely. I looked at. Yeah. I was researching sectional stuff for pilot ground potential in the future, and I looked that up, and it, like them, like they charge money, like all the U.S. sectional charts are just yeah. in the public domain. Yeah. And we're up there. Nope. 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 Really? Yeah. Huh. So we can we we can legally use any sectional image for pilot ground and not be in copyright violation. This is how I researched this. But okay. we could not have Canadian stuff on there. Really? And have it apply the same with the copyright violations. That's how I that's how I know this little tidbit from doing that research for the website. Pilotground.com. Do you still carry like a current BFR sectional all the time? In what? Your car? No. No, and like whatever you're flying. Like the Learjet? Yeah. No. No. What if they have a wasp in the cockpit? Yeah. It's a smack? Yeah. Or like a sunshade? Or what if you have to use one? That's a bad day. Yeah. That's a very everything bad day. failed. If you're in that plane and you need a section a paper sectional chart, you oh, are screwed. We have. I finally upgraded my 2003 sectional. Yeah. yeah. Did you throw away the 2003? I don't know. Jim might have, because Jim Jim got me a new one. What are you oh, up okay. to? 2014? No, he he, he bought a new one probably last. It's probably a 2021. 
new one. I was going to say, year. it didn't make any sense that Scott would have bought one and himself. Only good for no. six months. No, so Jim, Jim put it in the plane. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Probably, probably only a year old. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's really good yeah, by that. the standards around. It's a oh, lot yeah. safer airplane now. I'm pretty sure my other one was like an 03. There might be airports. No, it might have been. It might have been newer than that. It, it was probably. It was probably an 07. It would have been an 07. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's that's good. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't have one. I mean, we're supposed to do all that pre-flight planning, and we have two iPads. Um. And then we have a pretty intense database in our FMS flight management system, which has all of the airports, basically continental airports and all of our, what do I want to say, operational environment that has a long enough runway for us. Yeah. So that's all in there. So, and that's 99% of the time what we're going by. What kind of runway this. you need? The, the, the database is 4,000 feet or greater. So that would be what's the shortest runway you've landed on? That thing, yeah, forty two hundred. Yeah, I so I landed and I basically, I mean, I planted it threshold like short field style and got on in the thrust reverse. I could have got on them harder. I could have got on the brakes definitely hard. Well, I couldn't have got on the thrust reverse harder, but I could have got on the brakes harder. It's way this airplane's way overbraked. Enormous brakes for the size airplane. Yeah. Um, but I I got on thrust reverse or full, and then um. Got pretty hard on the brakes when I basically came to a stop because we had to back taxi. We had to do 180. Um, we had a we were on the, the thousand footers, the fixed distance markers. Yeah. So, so you had still a had a thousand foot, foot left. left. Yeah. yeah. And could I, if I were doing it again to practice, I probably could have done better than that. Yeah. But not knowing, that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you, I mean, five thousand is easy. Yeah, they have carbon ceramic brakes on mm-hmm. on the airplane. I don't, the reason I think of that is that I'm staring at a carbon ceramic right. rotor right. that's a decoration in right. this. I don't know generous if say that they're carbon ceramic. I know they're carbon. I, okay. I don't know. I should know those things because like I'm into cars and stuff, but yeah. I don't know that for a fact. Right. I know they're carbon for sure. Anyway, I think we killed that. What's next on the What are we talking about? Good old list. We, I got a yeah. pee. Almost. Go. Yeah, yeah, you're Go, doing, go. Yeah. yeah, altimeter transponder check. Scott alluded to every 24 calendar months. That's 91411, so it's buried way in the back. All the stuff, we basically quit carrying once you get into like 91200 series. This is 91411, so it's way in the back of part 91. Um, you'll have to do some flipping or whatever in your, if you have the app or whatever. But that's where it's derived from. You know, like I know, even as a CFI, like I know it, but I don't necessarily know like where to find it or to steer you towards. But um, yeah, every 24 calendar months. And it's in part 91, not part 43, like where the annual and all that stuff is. Um, then the next thing on the list is the ELT, kind of the ELT parameters. Uh, I have written here 91207. So that's right around all of your VFR and IFR equipment. But then when you get to 91207, you got to come down a fair bit. And then it's under, what do I have here? Part uh, D. And then C is where kind of the the, uh, the the limits are. So it needs to be inspected after one hour of cumulative use or after 50% of its useful life is used up. So that's 91.207, a little bit earlier, kind of right around all those general limitations we think about when we start talking about all the 
acronyms, tomato flames, you know, tachometer, oil pressure, all those things. They still have the ELT? I thought they just got rid of some sort of thing with the ELT. Well, now we're 406 versus 21.5. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So, so there was, and I don't remember when that was. That was probably around 2012, 2013, 2014. And they're migrating from, so we monitor guards. So when you have a multiple uh, um, comm setup, so like we do in most transport category airplanes, all of them that I know of, and you can monitor, if you have two nav comms, you can monitor one and you can talk on another. And FAA says we're supposed to monitor 21.5. And so that makes sense, especially now when ELTs, what um, the FAA has quit doing, they're not monitoring 21.5 anymore. I need another one too, Scott. I don't know why I said that into the mic. It's good. Good stuff. Um, So... The FAA is no longer uh, tracking, thank you, uh, tracking 21.5. So the the group of pilots that are out there flying, monitor 21.5. That kind of still gives us the same coverage if you were. So when you're talking ATC or whatever the controlling agency is, if you're monitoring 21.5, you hear that ELT going off anytime other than five after the hour because that's when they're allowed to be tested. But any other time, let ATC know if you hear an ELC going off. That will help them triangulate. So if you hear it, they'll then go on to somebody else. I don't know what their process is, but they will try to triangulate where that ELT is going off at. Because you're on 21.5. Most ELTs are still on 21.5. Even though now the FAA or whatever the government is monitoring for the 406 megahertz. I tripped my ELT the other day. How'd you do that? I had After put, my hard landing? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want Lee to know, but his landing was so bad it tripped the ELT. So I reached over and shut it off, and I didn't know how long it would take for them to respond to anything. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I had to put new shock mounts on my panel. Uh huh. And uh, I t- so I'd take the ELT off because I had to pull the pull the cover off, and the ELT is mounted in front of it on the side there. You know, in the front on like that A pillar. Yeah, it's mounted on. Oh, the, mine's or in the 150 I fly or used to fly was yeah. in the back. No, mine's right there on the left. The left, uh, what do you call that there? A pillar. Door frame post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pillar. A pillar. Right. I don't know. A pillar. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. What and a a pillar is what's on the side of your windshield in a vehicle. That's what it's called. Okay. Well, it's yeah. It's that's right what there. we're gonna so call anyway, it an airplane. To too. take to take the panel to pull the panel out a little bit to get the shock mounts in i'd take the elt off and somehow i bumped the thing and i search and rescue is out for you i flipped it off Stuart butts was coming for you with the civil air <laughs> he yeah, was yeah. within a few seconds i've i've flipped it back off and i, I don't think anybody thought they were getting punked yeah yeah so where's that <laughs> so i don't i don't know if anybody cared but oh they cared yeah. They were coming down the fire pole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Suiting up. Well, nobody showed up, so they must not have cared that much. You need to flip it again. Yeah. Th- yeah. So, is it the new frequency? Does that go up to satellites? Yes. Okay. That's why I thought why they changed it, because it's a satellite triangulation. Yes. I remember in, in the yachting industry, the like old the one. The shit, right? It used to be the EPIRB, Emergency Position Indicating Radio Beacon. And um, the gentleman who graciously lets us use his basement for recording here uh, used to have a boat. And I was playing with the EPIRB one day 
while we were out fishing in the Atlantic. And um, <laughs> then he went out the next day fishing in the Atlantic without me and uh, was surrounded by Coast Guard helicopters <laughs> and was very upset with me until he called them on the radio and then spoke to the Coast Guard helicopters on the radio, Channel 16, and they said, no, it, it wasn't the ELT. Oh, but he was cursing my name, thinking yeah. I accidentally tripped the ELT. What were they? The, 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 the E-perb, I mean, E-perb. on the boat. What, what were they there for? There, there was some other. It was just oh, a coincidence. There was okay. some missing thing. They yeah. were doing search that he happened to be fishing in. Yeah. But he, as soon as he saw the choppers, he's like, ah, he was so uh, mad at me yeah. for like a half an hour until yeah. he talked to the coast guard yeah. and realized it wasn't actually a the tripped E-perb. E-perb. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. To wrap up the, That's pretty much it. that bullet point on your list. All I would, in summary, I would just say make sure to look towards the back portion of 91. We tend to stop around the 200s. That's where your VFR and IFR, like 91.205, 91.215, 91.207. We kind of think that's all there is, but then there's additional stuff back in the other one. So give it a skim. It's not hard to find. But give it a skim, and that's where some of the guidance your your CFI might be giving you is. So it's not just in part 43 under preventative maintenance. It's not just in the early part of 9191. Uh, 91. There's some further in, in the back, and that 91411, that is uh, where that e, or the um, altimeter transponder check, that kind of, why do I need to do this check, it, that's where that's located. Because like you see it as not useful, but... It's buried and maybe knowing where it is, reading kind of the context makes sense for the uh, controlled um, controlled airspace. That might kind of solidify it for you, I think. Yeah. Tyler's in the chat. Tyler Brunkhorst. PLB, personal locating beacons are good. I'll be an expensive gift to give a fellow aviator if they don't have one. It's good stuff. Yeah, it works on that 406 megahertz range, which we were just talking about. I, yeah. Other than the fact that I don't have a reason yet to have one, I can't wait until I live a life where I can justify buying a Garmin inReach. What's and that? It's, uh, it's You can text off text of it, it yeah. and everything. Spot makes one Did too, you, which guess, is, uh, is, is comparable. I guess um, uh, Elon has been talking to Apple about directly connecting iPhones to start. To start I've heard right. this. Yeah. So you could be the same thing. Yeah. Use your iPhone anywhere. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't have like full internet, but you could talk and text. Yeah. Wherever. Yeah. SOS yeah. stuff. Yeah. I saw yeah. that article too. That would be sweet. Yeah. Elon. Yeah. What a beast. I guess he's going through the Twitter deal. Yeah. We've been kind of Hopefully. silent on the uh, yeah. the Twitter uh, yeah. at Farim Podcast. Um, if he takes it over, takes though, it we over, we'll we may oh that yeah. that's game changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we uh, may yeah. we may dabble in the Twitter yeah. uh, with that handle if Elon that yeah. deal closes. Anyway, let's move on. We're very well into this. So my list is over there. So okay, I need to go get it. All right, we are waiting anxiously. Because Lee couldn't remember the second item on his list for tonight's Third recording. Item. Third oh, item. okay. So that was two we just did. Well, I feel I feel a little better now um, that we blew twenty five minutes on it. Um. All right. So the next one is. Uh. So we we kind of talked about preventative maintenance. These things. These are kind of all under again under the preventative maintenance banner or 
just maintenance banner. The next thing on my list is preventative maintenance. So I ran into some issues diving into this. And of course, we've talked about when you're on a check ride um, and they pick up the AFM to your airplane. There, I'm holding my your AFM. I'm the examiner. And I say, do you know what this is? What's your answer? It's the AFM to your airplane. Do you know what this is? AFM. Do you know what this is? This Aircraft. book I'm holding. No, no, no. Do you know what it is? No. That would be the right answer. That's the wrong answer, but that's the right way to say it. The answer is yes. You know what it is. Done. That is it. Do you know what this is? Yes, I do. What What is Done. an AFM? Okay. Well, that part doesn't matter, so it's I'm falling on my face here. Airplane flight manual. Yes. It- <laughs> Air- Aircraft. Okay. Airplane flight manual. Airplane FM radio. Scott, do you know what this is? Oh, yeah. It's a bottle no, of no, no. flight. No, no, no. Nope. Yes, you do. Yes. That's it. Okay. Done. And you've answered the question. All you need to answer it's, is, yes. yes, I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. That is check ride mode answers. That's what I'm getting at. So what I ran into is you start delving into preventative maintenance. What is, well, you know, I can change my spark plugs, but well, do you have a calibrated torque wrench? When was it last calibrated? You run into all these things. And so kind of what talking to mechanics, former mechanics, whatever, and family members and whatever, the safest answer we came up with is a replenishing hydraulic fluid. There's zero ambiguity. There's nothing complex to replenishing it for like your brake. You unscrew the cap, fill it back off, you're good. How does it leak out? Who the hell knows? That's a story for another day. But what is the safest example for preventative maintenance under part 43? replenishing hydraulic fluid. That is literally what I have here. The best slash safest example of preventive maintenance is replenishing hydraulic fluid. So if they ask you for an example of preventative maintenance, say? Yes. Okay. That is exactly how the examiner would yeah. frame the question yeah. type thing. Or at least... Because everybody has a different it. opinion on what preventative maintenance is. And what I don't want as an instructor like, is to send somebody with armed... like they. I know some people that preventative maintenance is like an engine rebuild. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you get into part 43, you can start getting into, and the questions can arise. Well, who can, like, let's say not even preventative maintenance. You have defective equipment. Who can placard that equipment defective? Like I prevented this engine from grenading by rebuilding it. Preventative maintenance. There are portion. There's, I mean, there's a lot of defining stuff in part 43. Yeah. You know, you can argue your way through some things and somebody smarter than me can, you know, can argue their way in favor and you get in front of a judge. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. But what we kind of came up with is the examiner was not satisfied with a lot of answers. This was a satisfying answer that nobody could argue with. Really? Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, some of the conditions, you know, can't be, can't involve complex, you know, um, disassembly of parts or reassembly of right. parts. But define complex is everybody define has it. a different. To you, yeah. it's totally different than to me. Right. Like me, like I can barely put gas on my car right. or you can rebuild an engine. So it's like, you know, well, whatever. So it's all relative. I wouldn't fly in anything that I rebuilt. <laughs> Unless you wanted to sound like a Hemi. Yeah. yeah. It ain't going to be good. Right. And yeah, a two stroke or a Hemi. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. And, I, and I get that, but you know the I point. Could, I could maybe do a top end on a two stroke, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. But yeah. So that's kind of over sending multiple students for check rides. That's kind of what we came up with as 
the yeah. safest yeah. for preventative maintenance. Part 43 elaborates all that and whatever. Um, let's see how many we can get through these before we get to Scott. Kind of like a rapid fire. I think everybody likes uh, airworthiness directives, ADs, right? Directives for continued air, airworthiness uh, are issued by the FAA and they're mandatory. So there is a um, difference between air, ADs. Kind of, so the way that the question may be framed is, what's the difference between ADs from uh, and service bulletins? Well, service bulletins are issued by the manufacturer of the aircraft, and ADs are issued by the FAA and they're mandatory. Service bulletins. Service are, bulletins are optional. Optional, issued by the manufacturer. Right. ADs, air, continued air directives for continued airworthiness, is the way you should think about them, is issued from the FAA. They're mandatory. Could be a bunch of different. The next hundred hours in the next cycles. You know, when we start talking about um, turbine airplanes, turbojet airplanes, you start thinking about things in terms of um, cycles. Yeah. Those can be, those indicate more wear and tear than just straight hours. So, um, all right. Uh, air within a certificate. How long is it valid for? So something we think about, and I always try to draw like me, I like to think about parallels. So an airworthiness certificate is similar to you as an airman. As an airman, you are able to exercise your pilot certificate as long as you can hold a, a flight physical. So you can be 80 years old, still maintain a flight physical, pass all the, you know, all that screening. You're still valid as an airman. You still get that, that physical. That means your airman certificate is still valid. Same thing with an aircraft. It is valid as long as it, it gets its inspection, its airworthiness inspection, its annual every year. So the airworthiness certificate, whether it be from 1952, 1949, is still valid as long as it's maintained in an airworthy condition. Excellent. Excellent point. Yeah. Thank you for I that. Just, yeah, refilled my drink. Great. Keep going. Uh, so what color is Avgas? It's blue. There were- Hunter uh, Lola is uh, blue. Different octanes, yeah. technically. No one, green, you don't see. Does anybody use that? You anymore? don't see it anymore. I don't, I, so I don't know. Yes, there's eighty. What are the other ones? Does anybody even use eighty? No, I don't even. I didn't know if you can get it anymore. Uh, you look at the pilot's handbook of aeronautical knowledge. They still have the different, yeah, uh, still, different colors right. for different. Does anybody know octanes. what color red it or? Red. Stinking way. What color 80 is? 100 low leads, blue, 80, 80 is jet A's, straw color, they call no. it clear. 100, 100 octane is green. Is green. Okay. At okay. 80 is red. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I could I be thought, full of shit. I think you're full of shit. Okay. Let's keep audio going. Okay. Uh, I'll move on while Scott is fact checking that. Avgas is blue, is the big one. That's what we know all these airplanes all are flying. Yeah. Is blue. Well, a private pilot. It's a private pilot check ride. That might not have been covered. And remember, when they see it, they're looking down in this hole. You know, in a Cessna, it's a much smaller hole than it is in a Piper. You know what I mean? They probably weren't pumping it. If you go to a fancy school like Embry-Riddle, like, you know, Angle or your cousin's going to go to, they don't pump their own gas there. They they may never know. Oh, it is? (laughs) 82 is purple. Who cares about that? 82? Nobody knows what that is. What? Yeah. There's an 82. One, what's 100 Is that an aviation fuel? 100 and 130. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. But no, if you go to a nice flight school, you may never pump your gas. So you're just, you're just doing it based off of 
theoretical. A lot of this is theory. Uh, 91 to 96 is brown. Jet A is brown, too. I mean, oh, like God. straw colored, whatever you want. Straw. Straw colored. Brown? If I filled my tank up and it was brown, I would be very concerned. 91 slash 115 is green. I don't know what that means. All right. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. That's enough on that train. 100 slash 130. Yeah, 100 to 130. That is the traditional avgas. Or not traditional avgas, but that's the traditional. Well, yeah, I guess I'd say that is 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 green. And so 100 low lead, what they did is basically there's a lot of lead. And I don't know how many how much percent I do happen to know on 100, 100 low lead. Av gas is about three grams of lead per gallon. Oh, I don't know what Love the it. other one is. I do know. I do know that relatively as a fact, and I know that it's mixed at the same time as the dye. So, or it's mixed with the dye is what I should say. So, if you see some of those really bright iridescent blue spots that may accrue on the top of your wheel pan on a Cherokee or something like that, like don't like see the vibrant color like your fingers is probably not a good idea. Um, so Av gas is lead blue. Poisoning. I haven't got it. Well, at least I don't think so. Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet. I Speaking mean, the, of mixing stuff together like that, I used to live next to the place where they made this the smell they put into the artificial smell they put in national natural gas. Oh, so you could amazing. tell if you had a yeah. a natural gas leak. So the whole neighborhood, depending on what like wind direction was coming gas. from, it just, there was no natural gas, but it smelled it like natural gas. natural gas, even though that's not what natural gas smells like because that's where they made the thing. Yeah. Wow. If there's ever a gas leak in the neighborhood, everyone would die because it's just, it's just everyone's, day. everyone's so, so used yeah, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smell that? Smell what? Yeah. Was the North, the pipeline that just blew up? The North Stream. Stream. North, yeah, North Stream pipeline. You could have a North Stream up. pipeline yeah. level blow just, up in that neighborhood. Blew up on its own. All the neighbors, yeah. all the neighbors. Yeah. Natural history. rupture. Yeah, natural Too much rupture. stress. Yeah. Too much stress. Wind must be coming out of the West. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it yeah, was. Yeah. Very strong westerly wind. Maybe yeah. western. Um, moving on. The four strokes of an engine. Anybody know? Uh, Hold on. What's it, Rob? Do compression. Yep. Explosion. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Exhaust. You missed one. I think kind of. Sure. And that's one of them. Fresh air. Mm, no. I honestly, don't, I don't really. The four strokes of an engine. No. My weed whacker doesn't intake, do that much. Intake, intake. Intake. Compression. Yep. Combustion. Exhaust. Bingo. Wow. Got it. I didn't give you the. I didn't, I didn't give you the, the. He pretty much had it. Ah, I don't know. I don't think so. Let's throw my own lingo in there. Kind of like tequila instead didn't of tango. Did you start with combustion? I'm not sure. I don't know. Either way, okay, we'll give it to you. I was, you know, whatever. I was already moving on. Yeah, so those are the four strokes of dimension. So that's one of the things you need to think about because they're going to ask some systems questions, of course. What? Tyler, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. I had uh, YouTube wanted to block it. I had to override the uh, the block of that comment. Just like a good Tinder date. <laughs> All right, you're saying Tyler's trying to override this episode with his comments. Dan, guess I'm moving over from Bumble. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The dating sites. Hey, we're all married. Oh, all right, well, let's continue. Uh, um, yeah, so those are the four, four strokes. Uh, just keep in mind, you know, if you're not getting, helping if, the situation, if you are comment. getting, 
Anyway, I don't even know what I said. I'm 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 still in that blackout state. I don't even, really don't even know what I'm saying. Oh, when you're boy. getting a student ready for a check ride, or you are getting ready for a check ride, just be prepared for the systems questions. Um, a lot of that will be from your AFM, your POH. That's a lot of the questions because you got to remember your examiner is. If it's a Piper Arch or a Piper Cherokee or 172, likely they're going to know enough that they can kind of model their way through. And you know what? Honestly, if they have the AFM out in front of them or the POH out in front of them while they're asking you questions, I wouldn't put it past them and I wouldn't blame them because I don't expect them to know everything anyways. So uh, keep that in mind. Systems questions are coming. So probably one of the precursors to all of that is going to be basically starting with general questions. Do you understand how an engine even works? Because if you don't understand, you know, the uh, intake compression, you know, power or um, combustion uh, exhaust concept of a four-stroke engine, when we start getting into carburetor ice and induction icing, like how is this conversation going to go? So I think that's kind of the thought. So keep that in mind as you progress through your oral you're going to start getting those systems questions. Uh, you know, get through that engine. That's a big deal. You know, how many amps is your alternator? How many volts is your battery? All those sorts of questions. And then you're going to progress into, obviously, pertinent limitations with those systems. Fuel systems. You know, we just, I don't know if you guys heard about this or not. I actually have a buddy who was uh, Cleveland Approach this morning. He goes, he sent me a text. He goes, yeah, first, uh, first hour on shift or first thing this morning at 4 a.m., or I'm sorry, 5 a.m. Cessna 310 crashes this morning. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Out over on the east yeah. side. We were talking about. Oh, that were you? He okay. By. Yeah. What happened? My buddy was controlling him. When oh really? He, when, when he went down. Jesus. Sorry, 4,000 feet. Ran out of fuel. Completely surprised. Landed. So he and I've been kind of going back and forth all day about it. And, um, I don't know how that's pertinent with what I was just saying. I don't know how it's pertinent, but it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, fuel systems. So he and I, the conversation evolves. I'm like, the thing is, what you don't understand as an air traffic controller is there may be one gauge on that plane that tells him what is in every single tank or two gauges that tells him because there's two engines. So it tells him every aux tanks, main tanks. It all depends on switch position. And in like, in this case, a Cessna 310, Cessna 421, whatever, 320, 340. Um, the main tanks are, are the tip tanks. Which is kind of counterintuitive to yeah, a lot of those are the mains. Those are the mains. Really? In those. What? I didn't know that. Pretty sure. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm. I got two sure. hours in a three ten until really? Don realized his insurance didn't cover me, so that yeah. ended very quickly. Yeah. As far as me sitting in the left seat of it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, many questionable comments by hosts and views. Purs tonight. Yeah, that's why we diversify our live stream locations to three different platforms in case yeah. one throws us off. <laughs> anyway. I, what's he talking about? What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't that know was, what that means. That was after the 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 Tyler's comment, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. I'm still I'm still concerned. We don't I don't want to You're lose talking him. about four strokes. Anyway. I don't, I don't want I don't want to lose him. I don't want to lose him. Um so you can so and I even told him, I was like, in a so he's like, well, yeah, but this guy had many type ratings, some of them airliners, many multi engine really? ratings. The guy, that this guy, I'm down. like, well, that's probably why he fared so as well as he did. Yeah, because the airplane, he's like, do you think that thing's gonna fly again? No, I told him probably. 
No. The 310? They're going to total that thing. You think so? Oh, yeah. You saw photos? Hold on. Oh, okay. It's totaled. Is, are you going to try to buy it, Scott? Well, if it he already bought sales, it. That's right. how he knows. He's yeah. not He's telling so anybody. He's already, <laughs> already putting offers. I'm, I'm already in negotiations. With <laughs> no, I, no, but I could tell it's totaled. They're going to total that. Probably. Yeah. But I don't, ha- I would not, I would not doubt if it did fly again. It could, but it's not going to. Well, I don't know the I don't know the market price of airplanes yeah, and things like just that. The, the cost to, to fix it would be beyond what it's worth, so they're not going to. They're gonna they're gonna total that. If there's anything Scott is an expert on in relation to the show, it's the salvage side of this. They're one hundred percent totaling that airplane. Okay, and that's fine. I think it is. Fly- it's not bad. It's flyable again. It it could be. It could be made to fly again, but they're not going to relatively easily. No. Oh, you don't think so? No. What do you? What's so broke on it that's not relatively easy? Did it it's, even come in on the landing gear? I mean, is the landing gear still there? I don't think so. I don't no. think. I think he was gear yeah. up. I think he was gear up. I'm not yeah. sure though. Yeah. Props engines for sure. Yeah. So that's totaled. What year is it? So. I don't know what three, year. Older three ten. I mean. I don't. I don't know if it's older. I don't. It it's did, not an early three ten, but it's no. A, it's not an early one. But it's not new either. None of them are new. I, well, I don't I mean, know when they transition to the more it's, aesthetically it's, pleasing it one. It looks more like a middle aged 310, I think. So about what year would that be? Early 70s? Yeah, probably. I think so, too. Yeah. So it's, it's Maybe old. 75 at the latest. I don't know when they quit making them. Yeah, because it needs engines, it needs props, it needs landing gear, it needs new skin. Does it need belly, new landing it gear? Wing. Does it need new skin? Yeah. Does it? Probably. Oh, what if it doesn't? <laughs> It does. I'm just saying. It does. It came really? in on the belly. It, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. What if, so the, is it, well, hold on. What if it came in on its belly and landed on the, concrete? Does it need skin worse now or then? Then. So it's it in a better condition con- now than if it would have bellied or geared oh, up yeah, on a for concrete. Sure, for sure. All right. So that sounded good for my. Okay. I'm going to try. I'm going to keep well, track it, of this. It needs a wing. Why? It does? Well, the picture I showed said it showed it like a giant. Does it giant does it have the tail number? Can we track this? Oh no, on I got pilotground.com. I got the tail number, it's buddy. It's gonna be it's gonna be at one of the insurance auction sites soon. Well you need you just even if got, you gotta pay twenty percent more than you normally pay, on, you need to buy it just for just for the purposes of the so podcast. Can, just so I can prove to Lee that it's never gonna fly again. <laughs> Once it enters my hangar, it's never yeah. flying again. Go ahead. There's five photos there. Let's take a look. Let's see what Scott's professional opinion. Yeah, wings junk. Oh He's the gosh. resident expert. Wings junk. Tip tanks junk. Both engines are junk. Props are junk. We already the said whole, the whole nose is junk. Yeah, that's all fiberglass. Two, that's that's two slashes wrinkled. Okay, you guys. This thing is totaled hundred percent. It might be, but it doesn't need. What do I look up to it Google this? Need, I'm gonna look up and post so the much, pictures right now so people know what so we're talking work. about. It would need so much work that. You're talking about what the insurance is going to say. They're going to totally And I understand that. All right, you buy it and fix it up then. I'm, no, I don't want I don't want a 310 to begin with. What is this phone? Is this like a mini? Like 13 a, mini. 13 mini. All right. Flying. We got keep going on your list. We got to What happened? So I need you did, to start taking the reins a little bit more. Than did this are. happen Did this happen at night? Yes. Pitch dark, he said. Now, did both engines quit? Because only far one, as I know, only one has bent props. 
Well, if he was smart, which, and this will t- would take time. If you know you're going to land and you got two bladed props like that one does, yeah. which further tells me it's an older one. You would put them. Yeah. Feather them. Yeah. Bump that starter until they're, until they're lateral. He, he didn't do that. Well, he probably only had enough time to do one. Drop no. my phone a couple more times, dude. Jesus. No, they're both. Vertical. I hate airplanes. So, I hate airplanes so much. I'm going to throw your phone down. Tyler's saying you should wash your hands after you touch that thing, yeah, Scott. That's, anyway. That's true. <laughs> totally. They're both vertical. Both just props are vertical. Okay. Probably okay. not it's something you're thinking about again. doing an emergency landing again. at night. No, I'm not, not going to knock the guy. Again. Yeah, I'm not I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying it. I know both you can get one cheap. Junk, both the Did the guy down. survive? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're both fine. That's good. Yeah. It's not a bad landing. It's just it's a great landing. Total. Great landing. Yeah. It, it might be, but I think his cable flying now, again. How did he did he know that there was a field there? No. There's semis. Got lucky. Aimed for the dark. There's semi. Now, also, so we talked about this. Like, you know, once you're up there, he's at 4,000 feet when this all happened. So he was up there. His He's been flying since New Jersey. So his eyes are super adjusted to the dark, whatever. And he may have had suspicion prior to him even announcing anything anyways. Yeah. Which is hard to, you know, how do you factor that in? So he may already. My buddy told him the nearest airport didn't make it. He landed two miles short. Of yeah. the airport. Yeah. Oh, is he local? Uh, I don't think he's local. So were all the tanks empty? We don't know that. That's what I was wondering if he could. That's have what I told him. And got that's what really got started. me. That's what got me on this topic. Fuel is, systems is fuel systems, and it's just systems in general. Even what is perceived to be like kind of the gold standard in like the segment, like a King Air. You have two gauges that tell you the readings of four tanks. Right. So you, it depends on switch position. So if this guy was not intimately familiar with that. He could have had engines feeding from opposite tanks. He could have had one engine feeding from both tanks, two engines feeding from one tank, a bunch of different scenarios. Whose airplane was it? You think I know that? Do you well, think you I, know the controller? The controller doesn't know all this information, even if he handled everything. it. You're even if he handled you, you know everything, Lee. You're supposed to know this. We'll find out more. If he's local, let's get him on the show. I I saw a comment on Facebook. Now that we got in-person recording. I saw a comment on Facebook that it was... It's got to be real then. The same the same Factual. company that just had that... I think it was a 172 that ran out of gas uh-huh. in Cleveland. Well, yeah. Go on. I don't know the why, rest of the story. Why, why are you looking at me like that? I'm hanging on your every word. We oh, are no, like a month ago. This seems a poignant. Ago, a month ago, a 172 ran out of fuel in the Cleveland area. Uh-huh. You remember that? Yes. I guess this is the same same company. Not that that matters. What is this? Weird, 310? Yeah. It's just a weird coincidence that, I mean, it's a pilot. It's both, both cases are pilot error. It's not the, the company's fault, but it's for just, sure. It's a quite a coincidence that one company that rents planes. I, have I the, don't know if this is true or not because it was just a comment on Facebook. Well, but, I have right here the end number of that 310 right now. Yeah. So I you, know that. You could look it up. So we could look that up and double yeah. check that. Yeah. We should probably do that. I mean, not right now. Yeah. But that needs to be some minutes. posts on pilotground.com if you'd like to support more in-person recording, which I feel is way better. You should join Ground Crew at pilotground.com. Yeah. Link in the description below this episode. Anyway, let's continue to go. That's all, that's all I got. All right. On that. Systems. Make sure... You know your systems. I would say more. I'm a weak systems person. 
I'm of the opinion, if I can't fix it from the flight deck or the cockpit, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. If I can't fix it, I don't care. So in transport category, we typically have what's called a QRH, Quick Reference Handbook, and, and we have an ICAS, Engine Indication and Crew Alerting System. That's what it's called. It's a separate screen right next to your engine indications. It'll pop up anything, and if it pops up there, that means it will show up in this Quick Reference Handbook. I don't go doing anything like, okay, I know system's so good. I know I'm going to pull this breaker and I'm going to do this thing. You don't do any of that anymore. If it pops up there, you go to the QRH, you re, you find that tab, or you find that in the, glo- the like the table of contents. You go to that tab, you do that procedure. You don't make up shit. You don't know your system's good enough that it may. I mean, you can know your system as good as you want, but you don't go doing things because you have this super crazy uh, systems knowledge. You don't do that. You do what the QRH says, quick reference handbook. Um, and and I would say the airplanes I'd flown up to that point before I started getting into transport category were so simple that I could use that as a crutch. My systems knowledge never really got great because the airplanes I flew were simple enough that it didn't matter. Then when I got to complex stuff, I kind of bypassed all of the 310s, Navajos, Cheyennes, King Airs. I bypassed all of those. And so everything I flew was like then QRH driven, quick reference handbook driven. So I didn't have to really get good systems knowledge then either. So I just never did. And I'm going to kind of like stick to that because that's kind of the world I live in now. Um, good, bad, indifferent. I don't know. You did a quantum leap. You went from a Britain, Norman Islander mm-hmm. twin to a regional jet. Right. That's pretty yeah. much skipped all that in between stuff. Right. You're closer to in between now than that initial leap you, you yes, did. Yes, that's true. With the Lear 40. That's true. Yeah. And although, so Were like. you flying CRJs? Uh, flew the ERJ and then CRJs. Embraer 145 and then CRJ 200, 700, 900. All wow. like. I just compare that to Scott and I's resume and I just. Yeah. I'm like. Well, mine. I flew, I flew an arrow a few yeah. times. Yeah. I landed. 310. I, I flew Don's 310 yeah. for two hours. I, I landed a, a Britain Norman Islander once. Yeah. I landed a King Air 200 once with Lee's dad sitting. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Sitting left seat. I was in the right seat. Wow. Lee's dad let yeah. me take it into Sandusky one night. Where It was at night landing, too. Wow. We brought it back from Burke Lakefront for maintenance, yeah. I think, or yeah. something. I don't know. They yeah. left it in Burke Lakefront. Yeah. So, um, Lee's brother took us yeah, out in the uh, Aztec or whatever he's got. Uh, Patchy. Patchy. And you then dropped screw, Lee's dad and I landing. Off. You did it all right? Flew like a one big 150. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. King Air 200 was beautiful flying. We landed wow. towards the uh, the east. Nice. Runway 09er. KSKY. Nice. Greased her in like I was professional pilot. Lee's dad may have been a little bit on the controls. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly couldn't have done that. So. He, he was very gracious and made me feel like yeah, I did the landing yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah I was uh, going to say, I, <laughs> I don't think I could have done that, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's that's the biggest plane I've ever actually landed, landed. Yeah. was was the King Air 200 that yeah, one night with Lee's a, dad. I was an Islander one time. I've done I, that. I don't think, I don't think Lee's brother touched the controls, but maybe he did. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, but an Islander is pretty slow and like, yeah, it's as far as flying a twin, like that's probably one of the easier twins to fly because it's not, it's, 
You know, it's a big Cessna. I feel like right. from that's, the few yeah, times I've been in it. That's a good way to word it. It's a big Cessna. Yeah, like, with two engines. Yeah, big like high a, wing. A thirty-five foot runway is not short for that plane. No. So like, it wasn't like like flying a King Anderson Dusky. You've got to kind of be. Yeah. You got to be careful. Oh yeah, at least yeah. Dad set yeah. up the approach, the approach and then kind of yeah. handed yeah. it off to. Well, I don't know. No, he let me do it a little bit, but he was walking me through with yeah. how to set it up say, exactly. I would, need, I would need walk through like step by step. Like, yeah. Now do this. Now do this. Yeah. And if I had somebody saying do this, do this, do this, I could probably do it. But if somebody's like just land this, I'd be like, that's how. I'd be like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> that's how I landed the King Air two hundred. Yeah. Is yeah. Lee's dad would just baby sat me telling me every little thing to do yeah. and then i got it in runway 09 at, at ksky at night and i did i i feel as though i did a pretty good landing i don't know how much your dad in, got in on reality, the controls in reality in reality maybe he, he did a little bit the whole time. maybe you did such a good job rob <laughs> <laughs> well he he would be because he doesn't have a cfi yeah so yeah. he would be, and that's that's super indicative of people who don't have that. Like they don't know how far to let you go. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And remember, think of the people he's surrounded with, flying with Jack Cochran. Yeah, like there's no what is it? he's just sitting there. You know, there's nothing to do. Jack Cochran is like the best pilot ever, other than you know your I mean? brother. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, yeah. we're surrounded about, well, by exceptional about, pilots. Let's hold on. Let me re, let me re, let, is, let me repack. <laughs> we are surrounded by exceptional pilots, like in this sphere that we're in. Oh yeah, and it's um, so that's why we start a podcast. I'm like, we can talk about it. I think better than those guys. We can't fly the planes better than those that's guys. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. So I just yeah. went to training, you know, and I'm flying with a guy who. He's very non-standard, has exceptional instinctual flying skills, better than me, probably by a lot, and it's tough for my ego not to be in it. I'm more procedural. I have to be because I'm I'm an inferior pilot, even to you guys. If you guys had oh, my God. hours, no, no, hold on. <laughs> no. If you had my hours, I'm think where you would st- listen. Think- I couldn't even do a stabilized approach. Scott, the only thing I claim Scott and I are decent at, and this is all because of Don's teaching, is we can grease some landings right. in that we yeah. have some good time in. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I would not yeah. call us exceptional no, like, at all. My 150, like, I would bet on me to grease a landing in over a lot of people. Like, but I can, what Don taught but, us back in the day, that transfers to other makes and models. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was, like, I forget what it, what it was. It was the arrow, I think. Like I would just, yeah. I was flying that arrow differently than I think the CFI was training me in it just because I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let me feel this out. Like, that's not, that's, I can get a better landing. Let me do it. Let me do some little tweaks on how you're, you know, showing me how to do the landing Right. and I could grease different stuff. That's in. called instinct. Yeah. That's I what d- Don instilled, but like. I mean, outside of the landing, yeah, you two are I'm better we're instinctual not pilots. I disagree with you. I've seen a lot of people fly. That's the only. That's the only thing. I've had FOs. I've had captains that are all former military. I've had everything under the sun. I space shuttle pilots. Not that. I feel like that's the ultimate. If you landed the space shuttle, I've watched some stuff on that. 
That seems that's that's scary shit. Elon, like, you got, we you got one shot. That's true. It's a glider at like what like the over sl- Australia. Yeah, like the <laughs> slowest speed it can go is like three hundred knots, and it's a glider, and you get one shot. I don't know. Look, Elon, we know you're buying Twitter right now, right? And we we support that move. Um, yes, you also own SpaceX already. Yeah, fantastic his, company. His space rockets don't require a pilot. They're all. If you ever are having a space a rocket yeah. that requires a pilot, we just ask you. You give Scott Boris and I an attempt yeah. to just. We'll, we'll land that shit. We may not follow your exact procedures, but we might be able to figure out a way to grease it in. I don't want come up want with an attempt. A, I'll just a little bit. Myself. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen I've seen those things land backwards. I feel like I could do it. Just you need review mirrors. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I claim to be Got decent it. at yep. is yep. is a landing. Anything else, I'm all over the right. board. And if I'm in a position that like I'm put under pressure, like I have an audience, all that goes out the window. Like if I know if it's being filmed or if I have an audience. Yeah. I just did a the worst check ride since I've had any type rings at all. I just did this last one. So back to my story. I'm flying with this guy. So, I mean, I fly with him often in the real airplane, but when you're in check ride mode, it's like, you know, we got to do these emergency procedures. We got to run the QRH. We got to, you know, do these V1 cuts, which is an engine failure right at takeoff speed and all these things. I'm flying with him and he's pretty not serious. Great pilot. Great pilot. Very instinctive pilot. More than me. And like, I just like, it's super humbling. It's I've been grappling the same as like when I flew with you when just did a terrible job in the 150. It's just like it's super humbling. Like I have more time than this guy. My background should indicate that I'm a better pilot. And this guy is very, very instinctive, although not standard. And there were like other things. I'm just saying in terms of. My, my, the way I think, the way I process and compartmentalize and the way I conduct a flight is ones and zeros, pretty mechanical. I try to be as smooth as I can and I think I do pretty good, but this guy just like, just whatever, just like it's whatever. And he adjusts on the fly. That's how I am. Makes it work. Just on the fly. He's smooth. I'm not smooth, but I adjust on the fly. He you got half the equation it, going yeah, for right. Well, my and touchdowns are smooth. Touchdowns are smooth, and that, that's not all of it. This dude, uh, everything this dude does in like the real airplane is smooth. Um, I mean, there were there. I mean, there were things, and there were a lot of things with me. And this is a terrible check ride that I did. And so I'm like, th- I'm thinking like, like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking how crappy a pilot a- am I? Like in relationship to the big picture is the thing. And we're surrounded by all these exceptional pilots. And that comes back to you guys, which I actually want to finish my statement. Don't interrupt me. If you guys had my flight time, I can't even imagine where you both would be. I strive you are for slightly above average. I said, don't interrupt yeah, me. Yeah, me too. That was <laughs> a kind if I, could, if I could get to slightly request. above average, that would be fine. Yeah. I'm happy with I'm that. below average now. But I've if seen I get... so many pilots. I've seen so many people. I've sent so many people. Like for a check C rides. plus is good. Yeah. I, oh, if I, well, back in school, I got a C plus. I was ecstatic. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Winning. I didn't even study for that test. Right. Whatever. 
Okay. All right. What now? Um, we're going to wrap this up. 40 seconds left. Thank you. No, I oh, paused it. Oh, while you ago. did. Okay, great. Thank you for listening to this episode. We're going to jump in on this live stream to Finally. another episode because we're trying to cram in getting, two episodes. Home, going to bed. Oh, no, no, I drove 2,000 miles yeah. to make this recording happen. That does, how many? Yeah. How did you get 2,000? You go there and back? Yeah, well, I got to go back after you, we do oh, this. That's true. You've been here. We got to do another one. You're on vacation. No. But I'm the one doing, who can't come this we weekend. We already got two. We already got two no. episodes. We got we're a, going for three, Scott. We got a filler and one episode. It's, we waited two real episodes. I'm going home. At, no, at, hold on. At, no, I'm going home. Hold on. No, no, no. We'll negotiate this later I'm, all right I am going thank home. you thank you for listening thank you ground crew that's what allows these in-person episodes to take place we're all sitting in the same room and there's no delay with mr boris here who's trying to leave two hours early this is ridiculous um i'm going to bed it is uh that we much much appreciated I'm yes yeah, i'm going to bed in 40 minutes i gotta drive back down to Palm Beach to get home. You're going to bed in that room oh, right there. No, I mean the grand picture things. I gotta drive down to Palm Beach when I go home. You can stay up an extra hour. Jesus. Um, yeah, again, I'll have one more, but then I'm going Thank to you, thank you, thank you, ground crew. This is what makes this possible. Uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up and then immediately go into the music thing. Immediately Hold on. going into... Scott, thank the audience real quick. Thanks, audience. Good night. Thanks, audience. Thanks, guys. Later.